this week's episode, could the Microsoft Activision acquisition saga be coming to an end? Plus, we have some new news on everyone's favourite pointy-eared Hylian. I'm Barry. And I'm Anthony. And this is episode 92 of the Retro Gaming Dads podcast. The podcast for everything retro and retro-inspired. So, as a usual fashion, we go on about every single week is, what have you been playing? Mine's really easy. Not been playing anything. You're not even playing Pokemon at all? I, I've maybe played a quarter of an hour of Pokemon. That, oh, okay. That's about it. We did have a spout of Sea of Thieves at the weekend. Oh, I'm not talking about that. Okay, fair I enough. I was so angry at that game. I was actually streaming it. So we were playing for about two hours, getting treasure. And then two guys came and killed all four of us. I yeah. was so angry. I actually installed the game just so that I could symbolically uninstall it. <laughs> So it had like a one-up, be like, yeah, stuff you. <clears throat> that was that was a very unfortunate and irritating uh, point we had. And then, just trying to think, have I played anything? Not really, actually, all fairness. Play, I played Sea of Thieves, and then that's it. I've not had a chance to play anything else at all. So, been a bit of a boring week for us, I guess. Well, I've actually been taking my Switch into work every day, except one day when I took me Steam Deck in. Just yes. haven't been on it. Yeah, who'd think having kids would take up so much time? Ah, I know. Well, since we haven't played anything, shall we just jump into saying a massive thank you to Short Gizmo and Bobby Socks for your generous Patreon donations? Yes. Now, just quickly, I know you use Amazon quite often, don't you? What, for the endless supply of unplayed Switch games? Yes, yes, very much so. Yes, I do. Now... With all these deliveries you've got, have you seen what Amazon's doing at the minute, supposedly? I have seen what they're doing. Unfortunately, I have not yet received one of these parcels. Quite funky and quite cool. They're supposedly doing a special promotion to do with the Super Mario Brothers movies coming out. Rather than just their plain old brown boxes, they've been sending the yellow question mark boxes out to buyers instead. See, this might just be me being a little bit pedantic. But the whole point of these question mark blocks is you never know what you're going to get. Now, if Amazon starts sending me random stuff in the post when I purchase something very specific, I am not going to be happy. No, I get it. I completely get it. But and I, I, I think it's pretty cool. And well, I've just ordered something for you for your birthday. I know it was a bit ago. Do apologize. But it's from a come from Amazon. You might get one. If it does, I'll put a picture of it in the show notes. Awesome. Sounds good to me. I, I think it's pretty cool. I, I think it's, yeah, it's quite a fun little thing. So if anyone's not familiar with Mario, um, first of all, why are you listening to this podcast? <laughs> well, second of all, the question mark blocks are exactly what they sound like. Small little blocks, yellow with a question mark on them. <laughs> and Amazon's just rebranded themselves, apparently. I guess it's a good way for Super Mario Brothers to get promoted, even though I don't think they need the promotion quite like this, since they've got quite a big name behind them. No, I could imagine they've probably had to pay quite a bit to Amazon for this, because Amazon not going to do it just off their own backs. What would be the financial incentive to them? Unless, unless, now that I think about it, maybe these are only randomly sent out. And people are going to just buy loads of stuff on Amazon in the hopes right. of getting one of these boxes to yeah. put it away. And I don't know, send it off to water to get graded or something stupid. 
Do you know what? That was the thing. Collectible um, cardboard box. I was reading through this and it was saying some people may receive one and you never know they will just hold it in pristine condition to one day sell it, which would not surprise me despite what some people are like. Because, I mean, I mean that box has been poorly opened. If I got that box, I would be there with a knife very carefully cutting down Scalpel. the piece. Yeah, I'm like, I would not be ripping this thing open anyway. I would be doing it very carefully and putting it very safely somewhere special just because it's a cool box. Listen, I don't care what condition the boxes get to me. Half the time, I'm just lucky they even get to me. The amount of times they put them in the recycle bin or a wheelie bin, especially on bin day. I've already mentioned about the whole saga with that Sonic Colors Collector's Edition, which I never got a refund for, just throwing that out there. Same thing. Well, it's a bit of fun at the end of the day, isn't it? Yes, it is. But just really quickly, while we are talking about Mario and by extension Nintendo, it's a sad time now. The 3DS and the Wii U shop have gone. Yes. So I'm really sorry to say, if you didn't take the opportunity to go on there and take advantage of the fantastic promotions I had on for some of the games, you missed them, sorry. Yeah, it was an absolute fire sale on there. I was tempted to buy some games, but... I didn't in the end. The games that I was looking at was actually Pokemon Yellow and Red. Oh, so you didn't pick them up in the end? No, I decided not to. Do you already have them physically, though, at least? I have Pokemon Yellow. I have no idea where my Red went. And I've got Silver knocking around somewhere. The reason I was called Pick Them Up, though, on the 3DS was so that I could transfer the Pokemon up to Pokemon Bank, I think it is on there, and then from Bank to Home. And then hopefully from home into Scarlet and Violet. Yeah. Then I thought, <laughs> I'm probably not going to play through the games on the 3DS. But so... in all fairness, you can do that with Pokemon Go anyway. <laughs> well, yeah. And I reckon Nintendo must have had a pretty good couple of days or a week or so from the sales. Oh, all yeah, these they extra been sales, killing. people going on, buying all these games. We already mentioned the, the completionist who spent... Yeah. I think it was twenty two, twenty three thousand dollars yeah, to that. get all these games, and unfortunately, although it was a negative thing because the stores were going down, it was actually marred with quite a lot of issues with people redeeming codes. So a lot of people had codes for games and yeah. was unable to actually redeem them. But fortunately, Nintendo have actually come out and announced that anyone that does have a code for a game can still redeem it up until the 4th of April. So they've given us a little bit of a grace period on the end. Okay, so if you've got a code that you haven't been able to redeem, do it now. Um, by the time we listen to this podcast, you'll have, what, a day or two? If you're listening to this when it comes out on Monday, you will literally only have Monday. I would not do it on the 4th because as we found out with the eShops shutting, just because they're closing it down on the 4th doesn't mean it'll be Later midnight on. for you. Or yeah. Yeah, it could be any time during the day, depending on where you live in the world. So if you listen to this on the day the podcast comes out on Monday, when you get home, do it then. So that's your public service announcement from your good friends at the Retro Gaming Dads. <laughs> You're welcome. Now, should we shift gears from Nintendo to Microsoft? And what episode would be complete without digging up our good friend, the Activision Blizzard acquisition? 
Now, let's be fair here. It's been a while since we've have actually brought this up. So we gave a few episodes because we got bored of it. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, it, it has been a while, but that's just because we got sick of talking about it. Yeah, it was, it was just never ending. So we just thought, because let's face it, there's only so many episodes that we can do about Jim Ryan spitting his dummy out of the pram and having a little winch about Microsoft buying up Activision. Well, it, it will still do it, but hopefully have a bit of less effect because it's actually some positive news today, which is that the CMA have actually decided that it's not a negative impact in the gaming industry. Imagine that. You mean bringing Call of Duty to potentially 150 million new players is seen as a good thing? But in all wow. fairness, it depends how good the Call of Duty is that year. Oh, surprising that is actually a positive thing now i think it's quite funny the way they've worded it yeah so currently haven't got the cma's final ruling but the uk's competition and market authority have concluded the provisional research into the merger and they believe that it will not result in a substantial lessening of competition in gaming console services and they understand that if they did make cod an exclusive title it'll be a lost leading strategy under any plausible scenario fancy that Microsoft made this, you know, they understand that it would actually hamper them beyond belief if they did that. I know, imagine that. So just think how much money they've spent investigating this. And this is exactly what we and practically everyone else with a little bit of common sense has said, Microsoft are not going to make it exclusive because they will never get enough people to buy an Xbox and become Xbox gamers compared to what they will lose by having this game as a multi-platform. I think, and I think you may agree with me, so I might be wrong. I think the reason that they've had to go into this deliberation, have to do this background looking, because Jim Ryan and Sony were blown up so much smoke, causing so much stomp of the feet and everything else, they've had to investigate it. If they hadn't caused so many issues, I don't think it would have been through all this at all that's definitely playing a part of it so maybe then it might just be all these competition market authorities are just thinking we need to be seen to be doing our due diligence because if not and microsoft do screw everyone over they might go well you're here to prevent this kind of thing at least if they've gone, well, we looked into it and this is what we believe this is what the finding showed and then microsoft do it at least they've got a little bit of a, a safety rail to go, well, we did look at it and we didn't think they would be this crazy to go and make it exclusive. No, and in all fairness, I absolutely doubt they would ever do that because it would just ruin them. I think yeah. people, they'd be absolute uproar against it. It would be, they would be drawing a rub for them back. Let's face it. Not only that, it'd be, obviously the financial implication would be they just go lose so many Call of Duty players. Yeah. But even beyond the Call of Duty players, they're going to tar themselves with their own brush, essentially. And people will be like, well, can't trust Microsoft. They said one thing and they did another. Well, exactly. I mean, I think Microsoft have learned a couple of times that they need to do things for the players. You know, imagine like backwards compatibility wasn't going to come to the Xbox and see how that turned around. They've done yeah. things so many times to work for the players. Why would they do the opposite? Absolutely. 
And on top of this as well, more good news comes from Japan, where the equivalent, the Japan Fair Trade Commission, has actually approved Microsoft's acquisition as they concluded, very similar to this, that the deal was unlikely to result in substantially restraining competition in the console market. So I'm glad that Japan have come to the senses and have approved it. Now we just need to wait for the CMA and the FTC to follow suit. And I think once they follow suit, I think everything else just fall in a line and it will just go through. It's just once those two are the main ones that go through. Um, Yeah, definitely. So the CMA's final ruling, I think it's on the 26th of April. So once we get that, we'll go. I reckon potentially we might see this done by the end of May, June. Yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, they're all ready to go. I think, obviously, because throughout all this, Microsoft would have wanted to get things ready in place rather than to wait about it. I've just been approved. So I reckon they've got everything ready to go. So as soon as approval comes in, they will just start the ball rolling straight away. Just really quickly, on a somewhat related note, it has been announced that Diablo will not be coming to Game Pass, at least not initially. However, there is rumours that there is a Diablo Xbox Series X console in the works. Yeah, so that'll only be our second unique design console, won't it? Because the poor old Series S hasn't got a single one as far as I'm aware. Not including like these one-off Oreo ones. That <laughs> I was about to say, what Oreo? Yeah, no, I get it. Because a, a limited run at least, rather than just a special edition. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the type that scalpers love to buy and just oh, yeah. for everyone else. Yeah. But yeah, the rumor is that there's actually SKU codes for a Diablo console. I'm intrigued to see what it looks like. Yeah, I, I was trying to think what it would probably be. I reckon it's... I suppose the easy one would be like just the, obviously it's a black console anyway, but the black console with red highlights, you know, to make it look like flames or yeah. I reckon the top, I reckon the top grows of a green would be red, and it would have the the head, I guess. Yeah, that like the horned devil. Yeah, I know. It'd have that on the front of the console, and it would have that on the control as well. I expect that'd be like in the center, just underneath this. I'm curious if they would go far enough to put a pentagram on it, though. That would be absolutely cool. Yeah, I could imagine some places like certain parts of the US, especially the southern parts of it, like, no, it's the devil, we can't have this. I mean, I'm not being funny. They lost the shit over Pokemon back in the 90s. I was just about to mention you beat me to it. Uh, No, it wouldn't surprise me, but I reckon it would look really nice. We'll see. It's nothing that's been officially announced. No, but but maybe we might see a new Xbox coming in the near future. Now, before we move on to the rest of the episode, as always, we'd like to say a massive thank you for everyone listening to this podcast. But if you would like to support us further, you can do so. And the best part is, it's free. All you need to do is go and leave an honest review on your favourite podcasting app. Or, if you're able to, you can support the podcast further from only £1 per month through either Spotify or Patreon. In return, you will receive an ad-free version of the podcast and get shouted on our next episode. Alright, so, back to the news. And, let's face it, I'm going to beat you to the punch this time. And we've actually got some Sonic-related news. We do. We haven't had any in... 
a little while, or at least I've not brought them all. I'm sure you have. One of the more decisive Sonic titles was Sonic Origins, which brought us Sonic 1, 2, 3 and Knuckles, and Sonic CD in one adequate bundle. Okay. Adequate, adequate. Now, like they did with Sonic Mania, they're releasing a plus version of it, which not only adds in a new character in the form of Amy Rose, which has been a requested character for a very long time. Everyone was certain she was going to be added to Mania. Unfortunately, she weren't. It brings some new games. Yeah, it brings quite a few new games, actually. I think it's another 14 titles being added to the game. It's actually 12 games that have been added from the Sega Game Gear. Although, I would like to point out, this is exactly what we said the original version of Sonic Origins should have been. Oh, yeah, definitely. But... They've taken their time, and it's now coming out. Now, the game is actually being released as a new, separate game, isn't it? Right, no. If you've got Sonic Origins, you can just buy the DLC, and it'll upgrade it to Sonic Origins Plus. Okay. It was a bit confusing. Watching the trailer, it says, new game coming. I'm like, okay, but what about if you've got it already? It's now coming as a physical copy. Uh, so Sega know exactly what they're doing because they're not just double dipping on me here they'll be triple dipping on me because I'm obviously I'm not going to have the inferior Sonic Origins when there's a Sonic Origins Plus so I'm obviously going to upgrade and buy the DLC on the Xbox and the Switch you know I'm no Sonic peasant but not only going to buy the DLC though I know you, and you will buy the physicals. Exactly, exactly, yes. And I was thinking, mm, yeah, you know, I, I might get physical, but do really need it, because it essentially is just the old games. It's not a new one. Yeah. And then they go, oh, you also get a free art book? I was like, sold. Here's my money. <laughs> Take my money. <laughs> just be careful on Kerry, because again, she'll question your long looking towards the art book. But, well, the, these are only smaller paperback art books. It's not like that big. Is it really going to make a difference, though? The way you're looking at it? Oh, the way I look at it. No, that's a very nice art book, which comes <laughs> with the Sonic Colors um, okay. Japanese special. These these are kind of like, I flick through and go, oh, that's nice. And then someone else goes, can I have a look? And I go, don't you dare. You, you even bend that spine and I will end you. Now... Okay, things though. So, thinking about it out loud, they're not just going to double dip you because obviously, did you buy a physical for both the Xbox and the Switch? No, it wasn't physical originally. Okay, so it's only digital. Xbox yeah, Switch. so. And they're going to buy the DLC. Are you going to buy it for both of them or just for one? Well, yeah, I'm not going to have DLC on just one console, am I? Are you going to buy it physical once, yeah, not both for both? Well, I'm definitely going to buy it physical on the Switch. Not for the Xbox, yeah? I'm definitely going to buy it physical on the Switch. <laughs> so that basically saying, yes, you'll buy it for both. I am neither confirming nor denying. I am just asserting that I will definitely buy it physically on the Switch. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's noticed by now, but Barry has a problem. <laughs> okay. I, I have a lot of problems. <laughs> That's very true. No one of them. <laughs> One thing I wasn't keen on, and I don't know if... I think this is more of a European perspective on this. Okay. Well, actually, no. Scratch that. This is a more of a not North American perspective on this. 
the games that they're putting in, they're all 8-bit classic Sonic games, and a good two of them are good. The rest, maybe not so much. However, they've given us the Sega Game Gear versions, not the Sega Master System versions. Okay. Well, you know what a Sega Game Gear is, don't you? Yeah, yeah the, I remember having a Game Gear. Right, fantastic. So essentially, what that was was a portable Master System, but a little bit souped up. It could display more colours. However, the resolution on it was crunched down. Yeah. So anyone who's played Sonic 2 on the Game Gear will know how hard the first boss can be because the screen is zoomed in so much, you die in a single hit, and these bouncing balls come at you from down a ramp. So you're trying to run up the I ramp. I absolutely hated the boss. I I struggled so much to get past that boss. Yeah, hated my it. system, hated not it. a problem, because you've got a much higher resolution. So it's zoomed out. You can see you have some time to react. Game Gear, No. So I would have liked to have seen the Master System versions of at least like Sonic 1, Sonic 2, Sonic Chaos. Ah, it's just going to drive me mad playing the Game Gear versions. I mean, I remember the Game Gear, because the Game Gear, General Warfare, I don't, unless it was down to because of how young I was, I would compare it to nearly as big as kind of like the Wii U controller, just a bit, not as tall, I guess, but it was chunky and wide, wasn't it? Um... Yes, it it was definitely wasn't as compact as the Game Boy, which is no. not as compact as many people remember it being anyway. No. It was probably that day's equivalent of the Steam Deck. Now, the Steam yes. Deck's bigger, but the Steam Deck's also considerably thinner in yes. parts as well. I just wish that they'd not just put all the Game Gear versions on. The Mass System versions would have been better choice, specifically with Sonic 2. Now. I think part of that is, in North America, the mass system, most people probably didn't even know it existed. It got absolutely steamrolled by the NES. However, in Europe, it put up a pretty decent fight. I I would say I knew more people with a mass system than I did a NES. And South America, it's still in production now. That's how good it? it was doing. Yeah, in Brazil, it's... Don't you remember? It was one of our questions on the... Yes, no, I do remember now. So, for a lot of people, the mass system was probably where they played some of these titles. So, watching trailer, Amy looks like a decent playable character. When she jumps, she's got a hammer with her, doesn't she? So, she's got like a bit yeah, of a Yeah, she has a little pico arc. hammer. So, is, is the arc and her... I don't know. Is it... Is I, she got I a would imagine it's, Yeah, I would imagine she's got a bigger hitbox when she's... Yeah. Sick. And then quickly, we haven't actually gone through... I know we've mentioned what consoles these games were on, but we've not actually mentioned the games that are coming to the Plus. We've alluded to a few of them. So we've already mentioned Sonic 1, Sonic 2, and my personal favourite from the Mass System, Sonic Chaos. Okay. So on top of that, we've got Sonic Spinball, Sonic Drift, Sonic Hedgehog Triple Trouble, Sonic Drift 2, Sonic Labyrinth, Tez Adventure, and Sonic Blast. And additionally, we also get the two spin-off games, Dr. Robotnik's Moonbeam Machine and Tails' Sky Patrol. One of them is good. The rest... Could be missed off. (laughs) So, Sonic Triple Trouble, great game. Um, It was Knuckles' introduction to the 8-bit era, and off the top of my head, might have been his 
only appearance, not included in Sonic Drift. Okay. And also introduced Knack or Fang, whatever you want to call him. I don't recall him. <laughs> I never... I, I only played one... I think I played... Was it the original Sonic that had that really hard boss? Which the one where you're sliding down yes. it's like a little pincer at the bottom. That's Sonic yeah. 2. Oh, the so it's Sonic 2, you know, I could really remember. Um, yeah. It was so long ago. Yeah. So, Sonic 1 is actually a great platformer, and it's not actually that fast, but it's a really good 8-bit platformer, and you've got to explore to find the Chaos Emeralds rather than going into special stages. And I won't say that I agree with them, but a lot of people prefer it over the 16-bit version of Sonic. Okay. I can see why they would like it, but I'm not 100% sure if I would go as far as and say I prefer it. But that's the game I played a lot. That was my first console game along with Alex Kidd. You know, when I bought my Master System from Boots, which blew your yeah. mind that a chemist over in the UK was selling games consoles. Which you didn't actually know what Sonic was, and you're like, <gasps> and then that no, was no. obsession started. I knew what Sonic was at that point because oh, okay. I played it at Friends. And I wanted a Mega Drive, but the Mega Drive was about 130 quid, if I remember right. And you did get Sonic as your packing game. However, I was saving me pennies, saved up at Christmas, saved up at my birthday, and I got a Master System because it was 40 quid, two controllers, Alex Kid built in, and Sonic cartridge. Yeah. Again, it's one of those, because I didn't have many games, I hammered those games that I did have. I can complete this game without getting hit once. Do you still so, have that original cartridge? I do. I do. I have the original cartridge. I do. I have another copy because it didn't come with the case in the box. But I uh, still okay. have that mass system. What's left of the box because it, it somewhat started disintegrating. Yeah. And the original cartridge. Flipping it. With my name written on it as well. <laughs> Mazza. Just, just in it was yours. Yeah, yeah. Not that I ever borrowed it out to anyone. but Yeah, some good games. Sonic Blast and Sonic Labyrinth. They're there. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't advise anyone to play either of them, to be honest. I don't think there's any enjoyment out of them, but it's nice to see more games being put into the collection. However, if they do add, you know, when they do add all these games, if they add achievements, you'll be playing all those games, won't you? Yeah, I, I haven't actually checked if there's going to be achievements. However, when yeah. Sonic Mania got the plus expansion, they never added any extra achievements. Exactly. So, so it's kind of might not, but you never know. Yeah. I would have also liked to have seen Mighty and Ray added from okay. Sonic Mania as well. But if I had choice of them or Amy, I think it is Amy's time to shine. So obviously we spoke about Sonic Origins Plus getting DLC and extra stuff. We're also getting some DLC for Sonic Frontiers as well, aren't we? Yeah, we are. The Site Speeds and Speed Pack. Have you had it going yet? When did it... I know the download's out. Yeah, it's out now. It came out about a week ago. I haven't had a chance to play anything, so I haven't even had a chance to download this yet. Okay. But the DLC, as you mentioned, it's free. You can download it now if you've already got Sonic Frontiers, and if not, get it. Fantastic game. It gives you a few new modes. Most notably, the jukebox option, where you can pick any of the fantastic songs in the game and listen to them whenever you want when you're in the open zones. But you can also pick up musical notes, which will unlock other songs from other Sonic games as well to listen to. That's pretty cool. On top of that, you've also got photo mode, 
I'm not a big fan of photo modes in games. Um, not against them, but it's not something that gets me excited. You're not going to drive around, stop, be like, quick photo, and carry on going. No, I don't think so. Sonic looks cooler when he's going too fast to see anyway. Yeah. Plus, there's also cyberspace challenges and boss rush mode. So, a bit more reason to jump back in the game, I guess, especially if they give us more achievements. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely excited to try the boss rush mode. I'm quite... It's better to go through and do that, like, just fire more quick can going through. I reckon it's going to be a lot of fun. Not too quick, because you want to listen to I, I know, but if it's boss rush, surely you need one to do it in a time frame. No, you want to listen to the music, really. <laughs> the best part about the boss is that, apart from being supersonic and kicking their ass. <laughs> then it's in the chance. Super Saiyan Sonic. No, Super That's Sonic. all I think of. <laughs> so yeah, if you've got the game, go out and download it now. Now, sometimes, I don't know about you, Barry, we actually have a bit of an issue thinking about a link to go through to our next segment. However, actually, I think the word link is a very good way of going into the next part. I'm going to talk about Zelda. Yeah, so Nintendo have just had the 10-minute gameplay presentation for the upcoming Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Now, you're more of a Zelda connoisseur than I am. I'm... I'm very simple. I like my handheld Zelda, Link's Awakening, and not much more beyond that. But you played a lot of Breath of the Wild, didn't you? Yeah, I went through, completed it, and I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a fantastic game. And returning back to the world of Hyrule, and it looks it looks like they've barely changed it, which I quite like. I would have expected to have it changed a bit, but from where they were walking around, other than the you know, new random floating bits of islands and stuff like that. I was going to say, I don't remember there being a floating continent above me. No, no, no. But there's part ways right around this horse. Um, that whole area, I remember going around that part. So it's quite nice to see him. Like, I know exactly where he is. And I'm actually getting really excited for this game. I don't know if you are, if it's something you, that's your sort of cup of tea, but... I definitely am, especially some of the things that I announced within the 10-minute gameplay as well. I don't think this is one I'll pick up. Now, again, I always say this, it's not a slight against The Legend of Zelda. I think it's a fantastic game. I had fun with it. I just, none of the 3D Zelda games have ever grabbed me enough for me to play through to completion. This one did, but I think it was a very tactical game. You know what I mean? I love my games. I've got the puzzle elements and that sort of thing, but it's very tactical in the way that, obviously, the way you have to fight the enemies, you have to drop back. You can't just rush in. It's not a hack and slash at all. So Breath of the Wild was actually my very first Switch game that I got on release day. And I enjoyed it. I liked experimenting. I thought it was cool throwing an iron sword to one of the... Is it? Are they called Moblins? Yes throwing my sword on the ground so they pick it up in a thunderstorm and just laughing as they got struck by a lightning. But I, I never felt anything to push me forward to go and do the next task, go to the next area, and to ultimately complete the game. So I just kind of fizzled out a little bit and just drifted off and stopped playing it. 
See, I did, because I was, I was going to explore them, like, there's a tower over there where I can go to and survey the island. I've got to go there. Once I get to the towers, I'm like, there's a shrine there, shrine there, shrine. I've got to go to the shrines. Once there's shrines, I'm like, oh, look, there's one of the big, I can't remember what they are, the big mechs, because you had, like, the elephants. The guardians. That, yeah, so the guardians. So it's like, oh, I need to go to those guardians. So I always saw what I had to do next. I knew yeah, I but had I to saw those exact same things, and it just never never grabbed me to actually go and do any of that stuff it did for me and so that's why when i played through i couldn't put it down um and i did enjoy it It was a very good game but oh i don't deny that watch this gameplay i'm really excited because not gonna lie some of the new abilities look really fun yeah the the ultra hand looks quite good where you can stick things together Yes, so with the Ultra Hand, you can make different vehicles or I'm guessing some sort of constructs. So you might be able to build some sort of buildings. In the video, they made a boat, which has some fans that sort of helped them go across the a lake. They made like a flying boat, I guess you could say it was. Um, there were some funky things. And thinking about what sort of people are in the community, I expect some pretty cool things to be made. Oh yeah, I've seen all those videos where they're launching themselves across the map on a boulder or something and Breath in the Wild. One bit I did like is where he had a stick and he stuck a boulder on the end and made some sort of really basic mace. <laughs> like a really crude mace sort of thing. Yeah. Although I must say, one of my least favourite features of Breath of the Wild's back. What was that? Weapon durability. Oh, yeah. Honestly, it was a nightmare. Um, you use a weapon and middle of fight, it then breaks up. Quick, switch it, or it's about to break, so you throw it at the enemy so you get a bit more damage done to him before you switch to the next weapon. Yeah. That is one thing that I did find really irritating as well, which I get it. I get games to have weapon durability, but I feel like in this, the durability was shocking. That was one of the things I really didn't like. I get and it. And what it forced me to do is I'd have these good weapons for where i was in the game but i was too scared to use them yes in case i need them later on for something else so i was fighting bosses with like i don't know a pointy stick or something when i've got this massive sword on my back just because i don't want to damage the sword because maybe maybe there might be a bigger boss just after this where i will need it and i was always too hesitant to actually use any of my decent stuff no, I'm with you. I was exactly the same at times. Or same with, you know, like you said, the bows, the shields. You just kind of like, oh, I, I have this better one, but, but I might need it. I would use it for the bosses because I know it will do more damage, but definitely on like, the mobkins and the smaller enemies and stuff that I would just use lower damage and lower tier sort of stuff. So I get it, but with this at least because like you said at one point he had a stick which put a rock in it or he had a pole which he then put pitchfork in it which made a really long pole um sort of thing so i guess doing that because it was also up in the damage quite a bit as well so i guess doing that if you want to save weapons you can do it this way i thought it was really cool about the arrows though yeah, I saw where he was attaching different things to the arrows because it's actually like an eye to it and it became yes. a homing arrow, didn't it? Yeah, it did. So he wanted to shoot a bird at the air to so put an eye on it. And as he shot, he shot in the general direction, you just saw the arrow just 
swerve around and track and hit a bird out of the air, which it looks pretty cool. And again, he put like a frozen gem on the end of, the end of an arrow and throw someone. So it sounds like it's fairly limitless with what he can do with this. Well, even the first game without these new mechanics gives you such a large scope in how you tackled a challenge that you could do something as simple as take out a moblin base and you could run in, I would say guns blazing, but you know, with your sword out and fight them all. Or you could wait till they're asleep, set the grass yes. on fire and set the whole base on Almost fire, roll a boulder down the cliff and take them out detonate the barrels that were in the back of the base and watch the whole thing with chest and hit with the chest exactly exactly there was so many different ways you could go around it so with these new mechanics that the player can use really curious what people will discover that they can actually do there's one mechanic i forgot to list down here one mechanic is the one we can go through a ceiling that i'm not a massive fan of is this part of the recall one because i was kind of unsure in how it no. worked no it's completely different ascent which i'm not a massive fan of and that's one where you can jump up and basically go through the ceiling and pop out the other end mm, it seems it does seem like a little bit of an odd one maybe it's maybe well it'd definitely be useful so you're not having to climb up large structures if you could just ascend up to the top of them I know, but part of the challenge was because it, it says instead of using all your stamina to climb up, use this if you want to see a cave. I'm like, but why? Part of the challenge is going, do I have the stamina? Am I going to make it? I might fall and die. It takes it out. <laughs> or it'll start raining when you get next to the top and you'll just, slide oh, yeah, and just all slip the way down. down. That was the one that always happened to me. That's what I'm going to miss. Now, as well as some gameplay, they actually shown off the new special edition Switch OLED that they've got ready for the release of the game yes so they've finally announced it which we did kind of drop into because it was speculated a few weeks ago oh so this got, got leaked out ages ago yes, even a did. youtube channel that's unboxed it and reviewed oh, really? it before nintendo officially announced it Flipping what we're playing at the more i look at it i've seen it i actually do quite like this especially seeing the back and seeing the pattern on the back and on the back of the mm. dock as well i actually do quite like it um, now, they have announced a release date, which is the 28th of April, and you can pre-order it as of now from Amazon, but it does set you back a hefty £319. Well, that's the price of a Switch OLED anyway, so... Oh, yeah, good point, actually. So it's not that too bad, but it's just good luck like, getting it. But at the minute, when I looked on Amazon, it is available now for pre-ordering, so if you want to do it, yeah. do it now for it goes yeah, for scalpers. Yeah, for those scalpers we alluded to earlier, snap them all up. I believe in the US, it does actually have a $10 premium over the normal OLED. Okay. Again, that's not too bad for a special edition OLED. No, it's nice. I'm not a massive fan of gold, though. No, I, I get you. So for now, I think I'll be sticking with my nice, boring, plain white OLED, which I love. But with that, it's now the end of the episode. So if you'd like to find out more about anything we've mentioned, you can do so by viewing the full show notes at retrogamingdads.co.uk. We've been the Retro Gaming Dads, and we'll see you next time.